0: This is Designer from Always and Just Always and and this
1: is George aka Spike Green from uh, well uh, again a guest uh, but you can also find me on the podcast the Film Geek Collective. Um, the new one is called the FGC podcast which is a continuation and as of this recording has one episode out but may have more by the time it's published.
0: Wow that's amazing.
1: Yes. Oh I, I I, I'm not sure if I forgot to tell you about the. Ep- I'm so sorry if I forgot to tell. Anyway, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not about my podcast. It's about this. It's about that. always angelic as be palace yes.
0: yes, and um, today we'll be talking about we are hashtag resilient. So today's podcast episode is going to be about um positive examples of how we've. Um, managed to have good unexpected change in our lives and also as a neurodivergent person how to cope with such changes just generally but also in the workplace. Mm.
1: Uh-huh. All right, Yeah. Well, let's
0: begin. Great, so our first topic is experiences of good unexpected change. So I want to talk um, about an experience where I was um, blogging and I was coming across this idea that I'm actually a lot happier in the neurodiversity field compared to the early childhood field. And it's just such a a strange contrast between my old life, my past life, and my new life and the new world. And I'm just so happy that I found a field, a sector, that's really good for me, like mentally, physically, spiritually. And I'm just really grateful that I've had, like, this experience of of a transition of being in the old world to the new world.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, would you like to elaborate on that?
0: Sure. So when I was blogging, I was thinking about um, how much the neurodiversity field meant to me, because it's a lot different to the other world I was working in. And it made me realise that I belong in the neurodiversity world. It's all encompassing. It's accepting of everybody. It's accepting of all disabilities, different identities, diverse identities, also including autism. And it's just... It's amazing and I'm just a bit, um, not, I was going to say sars. strong, that's the right word. Uh, it's a bit, um, what's the word, surreal, yeah, it's surreal um, to kind of think I found my field and the job I'm in right now, the couple of jobs that I'm doing are, um, I, I don't know if I will label them as my dream job, but they're definitely equivalent to my dream job or very close to it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's always yeah. good when a job's even close to your passion. For example, mm-hmm. like, uh, right right now I'm, uh, you know, working... I've elaborated more in uh, my own podcast, but I've worked <clears throat> more on the Film Get Collective, and you were there too, like... Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I had been working on that since December 2019, and now, like, uh, considering that that was a side thing, a hobby at the time, um, and then I've now incorporated it into work, it really is almost a dream job. And I would also be considering personally working because it's only two days a week right now so I'd mm-hmm. be considering maybe trying to work for Hoyts as well um Monday to Wednesday to you know get in even more income be able to fund the thing even more perhaps and fund myself and stuff you know
0: <laughs> yeah I think that's just that's just like amazing um to be able to find work and then passion and then put them more together
1: yeah and I also thought you know what would be fun for other folks as well and Because I want other folks to be able to join in the fun. I just don't want to do this on my own, you know?
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I just, um, I really believe in your vision. And when I went to the um, pilot screening of Grace, I felt, yeah, this is where I belong. And it's such a fun vibe. And I just think this project can go so far. It can go in so many different places. Like, it's got so much potential.
1: I, I certainly hope so. Um, like, uh, beyond this, uh, what, we did make a few mistakes along the way, but that was an example of what I could argue is also good change because we thought mm-hmm. um, I had made a decision to deliberately not advertise because I thought the room would be too full already with 20 seats, 20 things booked. Um, and so mm-hmm. basically what ends up happening is that only about five people stayed through the whole thing, and there are about maybe eight, ten people to begin with. Um, so then we thought, like, uh, what, you know, what can we do next time we can advertise this more, we can put this uh, about the screening in various areas, you know, around the place, around the uh, suburbs, around where I work. I'm not going to specify because, you know, then people could. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, advertise more and all that stuff. And I would argue that's a thing for good change, because by advertising more, we could get more people in, for example.
0: Exactly, and I just think it's amazing how um, you've turned it into an idea and then to an actual surface, and it's just, it's so great, and I'm sure your next screening will have a lot more people, but, like, even your last one, I would say, was successful because it did have people there, and it was just, yeah, very professionally set up, and I'm so keen for the next one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, It's still, uh, it's probably going to take a few months considering uh, everything, you know, I've... Uh... Yeah, basically, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure what movie's next, you know, it could be, I don't know, anything, Apocalypse Now, Fight Club, Clockwork Orange, who knows, Taxi Driver maybe, I don't know, but yeah, um, okay. it basically, mm-hmm. no movie would be off limits, but I feel like I'm getting a bit off track here, so. Uh, That's okay, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's okay. Um, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say, yeah, um, I just think what you're doing is amazing and I'm actually blog posting about it um, very, very soon about how fantastic um, the screening was just so people know about it the world knows about it so um a lot more people can join your community because I feel like there is a sense of community and it's so important for everybody not just autistic neurodivergent people to have community but um just everybody to be involved and it's just such a great community in that I feel like it could belong to everybody not just people that have disabilities or not just not just those that are autistic.
1: Yeah, like uh, I intended for everyone, you know, like uh, various sexualities, races, mm-hmm. genders, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a- anyone, you know. Um, exactly. But like, uh, although I will be restricting it to eighteen and older, considering some of the movies played and perhaps studied, um, just in okay. case, because you don't want you don't want a kid walking in on a screening of Seven, for example. You know.
0: That's okay. That makes a lot of sense, and I just think it's so so good that you found your target audience you know like what are you going to do like you've got a really strong vision and I'm just I'm really happy to um be supporting you because it's also something I genuinely um believe in as well
1: thank you very much <laughs> I okay. I'm honored and you know I, I'm actually feeling a little bit guilty right now because I feel like I, I I feel like just mentioning the filmgate Collective has taken over almost 10 minutes of the podcast I'm sorry about that <laughs> um,
0: That's <okay. laughs> I I think that's just um, really good um, promotional material for you and I think definitely the world should know about it and um, I consider the Film, Ge- Film Geek Collective to be a part of pop culture because, well, it's all about pop culture and um, pop culture and just, you know, things within culture and society are things that I want to talk about so I I really do believe um, the Film Geek Collective also be- belongs on um, Always and Joe Spialis too.
1: Mm, thank you. Um, I, I will also just say one more thing about it, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, if there's ever a Pulp Fiction screening, everyone gets burgers so that they can say, along with Sam Jackson, mm, this is a tasty burger. <laughs> or if, uh, Rocky Horror ever gets a screening, which I hope it will, that'd be fantastic too. Everyone can dress up, there could be a costume competition. Oh, anyway, I'll, I'll move on now.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's okay. Um, actually, yeah. I was thinking, um... Maybe you could tell me if you want. Maybe any um, positive examples or experiences you've had of um, really good unexpected um, situations at work. Maybe something that's made you happy. Um, Just just something like spontaneous, because I'm 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 sure you've got like fantastic, funny stories at work.
1: Um. Well, uh, there was this one time we were setting up uh, various events, not just my one, but a co-worker's one. Mm -hmm. Um, they were doing. Talk about a week before me, and we were practicing our uh, events basically and checking everything was ready for the next weeks, um, two weeks at the time. And uh, so, yeah, we ended up uh, after after their event, we ended up singing our lungs out in that room with karaoke, and we just thought spontaneously, yeah, let's put music in the background, let's sing along to it. It's both karaoke and just random music videos, although if I never had to hear all I want for Christmas is you again, it would still be too soon. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) I hear that song all the time.
1: I mean, for some reason, I don't, I don't mind it in Love Actually. Although Love Actually, that's a film with plenty of problems itself, I will say. Like, I think I like it less now than I did when I was a teenager because it's quite problematic, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, um, sort of fits in there anyway. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen um, Love, actually. The closest thing that I've seen was, um, I don't know if you know this series, um, it's a movie, it's called... Um, I can't remember. I don't know, tip to my tongue. It's... Uh, I was trying to hint it to you so maybe you can give me the name. It's uh-huh. about a girl who's a bit, uh, little bit overweight. She works as a receptionist and she falls in love. And the next movie after that, she goes into a music festival at 43 and she ends up um, getting pregnant and she's trying to, like be a really empowered version of herself. Oh, yeah, remember it now? I remember it now. It's called um, The Bridget Jones Diary.
1: I thought it would be Bridget Jones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like those ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very much
1: so. Like, I, I don't even usually mm. like a lot of rom-coms, but I like, you know, Love Actually is tolerable. Bridget Jones mm. is good. You know what I always call the best rom-com ever made is probably mm. The Princess Bride.
0: Oh... I'm so happy you said that because I actually, I do love that movie too.
1: Yeah. I mean, technically I, I know it's like the squash and all the other stuff and it's all those genres too. It's like action comedy and fantasy comedy, that sort of thing. But it's mm. a romantic comedy first and foremost to me because, you know, he's always saying as he wished to buttercup and it's mm. generally about, well, it's called the princess bride after all, you know? And yeah, the main story is about a romance, the main story he's reading. And I know the framing device is like the grandfather and the kid, but still, you know, um, it's about the romance Mm -hmm. that he's reading about to the kid and the action he's reading about to the kid and stuff. And it's purely, to me, a romantic comedy with very, very smart writing.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And to me, the movie has so many different layers to it. And it's just... I feel like it's so many different movies in one and I'd watch it again because I remember watching it the first time in year seven and I thought it was amazing and to make it worse um, people were like, oh, Susanna, you could exactly like Buttercup, you could have the exact same hair, exact same face, and about 20 eyes looked at me and I was blushing. But oh. It's, <laughs> I know. It's such an amazing movie and um, I really, really like it still.
1: huh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, i got to watch it again sometime myself. Like, uh, that's another thing about... I will say, just a side tangent, just slightly. Um, <laughs> I will say that 80s films, somehow they kind of took their time setting things up, which was good, but then mm-hmm. they seem to have less unnecessary things like today. I mean, just like pacing-wise or story-wise, you know, maybe... Uh, because you often hear the complaint, like, "Oh, you know, you could cut ten to fifteen minutes off a movie, and it wouldn't affect anything." For example, you know, mm. I'm not sure there's really anything anything you can cut from The Princess Bride. There's either a funny bit, or a bit of characterization, or a bit of story. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. And um, I just felt like then and now, um, The Princess Bride is perfect. I wouldn't change it, and I also want it really, really want to read the book as well. huh. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, did you want to say something?
1: Well, I was, I was about to uh, see if we, uh, what other topics we had on the podcast as well, just because, like, uh, I just, uh, I, I feel like I distracted the podcast a bit with the all the talk about Princess Bride and stuff.
0: Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. Um, so one of our other topics was. How to cope with change, especially if you're neurodivergent, and maybe we could focus on like the workplace, like what, what we should be what should we be doing to help ourselves when we're wanting to cope with change.
1: Uh-huh. Well, uh huh. Well, in terms of change, if it's like uh, unexpected, I think talk with other folks. I guess like family mm-hmm. or friends or that sort of thing. Like you know, um, say even if you're if you're having change and you're thinking. Uh, well, this isn't working out for me just yet. Like, how do I do this? Uh Yeah, it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's tough to handle change. I get it, but then y- if it's a more gradual change, it's easier cuz you have time to be used to it, but if you have someone to sort of lean on in terms of dealing with sudden change, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not so much uh sorry, let me let me explain properly. I'm muddling my words. Sure. Um, so, okay, something suddenly comes up, I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? And then, and if something sort of creeps up, then I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? Help me. Um, I guess you can still get help in both ways. But like, you know, uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I, I'm not sure what I'm saying. I'm sorry. But, um, (laughs) well,
0: I'm
1: (laughs) I'm just sort of thinking you, like, ask anyone you can lean on for advice perhaps and try to work things through together if it's possible at all you know it's always good to have someone to bounce off of I guess that was my point
0: exactly that's such a good idea like um when I um had a problem um at one of my workplaces and actually had to leave due to um the injury I ended up having to transition to a different job which ended up being an online job and I absolutely loved it but the transition was hard and also that was also during COVID so COVID did make things harder but when I'm happy to have a supportive network around me it means that um, the change is easier um, when you're supported and having affirming comments by other people it means that her process, the her transition, the life transition is a lot easier. Um, that's what I found in my experience.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, that sort of goes back into, like, uh, I guess, you know, having someone to lean on. And I think you had someone to lean Mm -hmm. on, which is great.
0: Exactly. And one of the other suggestions I had was having a schedule. um, If your schedule changes, like, uh, a couple of months ago, I had to have a different schedule because I was doing a third-year micro-credential unit slash um, third-year bachelor unit. Sorry, let me explain that again. It's a third-year... But it's a unit, also known as a micro-credential, which is a short course, a upskilling course. So I was doing that, but I had to change my schedule. So I had to have a new schedule, especially for that course, um, because that course was 10 hours, at least 10 hours a week of my own time for 12 weeks. And I had to be um, having that schedule and just keeping an eye on it. So I was able to be organized. So having a schedule um, in advance for me helped a bit so I could prep myself, but also just. Um, having a schedule the whole way through helped so able to kind of have that continued routine and routine is important to me then and it's also really important to me now. Yeah
1: like I think routine is it works better for some folks than others perhaps like mm-hmm. for example I tend to be more free in my sort of time I'm like if I if something strikes unless there's a specific schedule for work say I don't know if I go to work if I have to go at like eight in the morning on a Thursday or a Friday onto the train and then I have to arrive by 1030 um, and then that goes until two or 230, maybe that that's a bit of a schedule itself, I guess. But then I'm like the rest of the time I'm thinking, you know, if inspiration strikes creatively, then write things down. If I have to do chores, I guess that comes up, you know it's sort of like drifting through life almost <laughs> and I could get all existential and say, well, I'm not sure there is a meaning to life, but that sounds awfully nihilistic. And that's a whole other thing. I'm like, but I <laughs> wonder what is the meaning to life and stuff. Cause you know, you get, you get to a place and then you wonder, and then you you, you like, I feel great. And then it's like, well, what next? What, why, mm-hmm. what meaning does this have? What meaning does it have to the bigger world? I'm just not sure. You know, I hope there is. <laughs>
0: Oh, exactly. I feel that way a lot of the time. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to be negative, but uh, I know that autistics are more likely to have um, what's quote unquote called automatic negative thoughts. Um, from research I was reading from someone's PhD, PhD, which I'll um disclose another time because it's a bit too much detail now. But um, yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking about yeah. Um, I do see I... things. Sorry, I do see things realistically, but often that's a negative way, just because sometimes the negative stands out more and it's it's something that I do think about, yeah, the meaning of life. Am I really engaging in life meaningly? And am I just really having purpose? And purpose is important to me, but because of COVID, I had to re-contextualise what does purpose mean to me? What does purpose look like? And I found it now within the neurodiversity world, but before I wasn't so sure a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, like... Uh... I guess that's – sorry, there's a car passing out outside that has loud hip-hop music. Sorry if it's getting in the recording. Um, That's okay. I I can't hear it. (laughs) Okay, good. But basically, so uh, with – I I lost my train of thought here. I'm sorry. Um, uh, That's
0: okay. Um, We were talking about – so, yeah, we were talking about purpose and meaning.
1: Purpose and meaning, yes. Um, Okay, so – I, I think that, uh, you know, it's uh, the closest to meaning that I can personally find is probably, like, uh, that I'm making people happy, you know? I just, mm-hmm. I, I always hope to make people happy. I wish there wasn't such, like, division between people. I wish there wasn't war. At the risk of getting preachy, I was, like, I, I'm thinking, you know, I can, I can respect all the efforts and stuff unless we forget and all that. But, like, I just wish war didn't have to exist in the first place, you know? I'm, I'm yeah. very much I'm very much a hippie in a, in some ways like you know um make love not war that sort of thing um <laughs> but anyway, um mm. what I really mean is like well, um I just uh, you know like i I just I don't get people who, you know get violent for example like I would only I will only ever do self-defense you know like violence is unacceptable mm-hmm. but if you have to get away from someone there's always yeah that, I guess that's why people learn martial arts and stuff which I have not um yeah
0: mm-hmm. wow that's so interesting um I would love to learn how to do martial arts but I currently am not in the right physical state to do so but I would definitely do that um Sometime in the future, and as you're saying about purpose and meaning, it means different things to different people. Um, again, I'm not trying to be preachy or anything, but I believe purpose for me, um, changes on the situation and the context. Like when I was a lot younger, it was all about school, being a student, and I've I just realised the other day I've been studying for like practically twenty years of my life, and I'm not studying next year. And so the transition from student to worker or employee or work life is quite a transition and my idea of purpose has to change so the idea of work really appeals to me just not just the money side but just having like an inner deeper purpose working with people I really like working with and and projects I'm really keen to work with especially if they align to my values is really important. Yeah
1: exactly I, uh, I, I find that too like uh, you know uh, like uh, aligning when you said aligning to your values for example I I thought, like, uh, at the like, the, okay. Um, the way I'm going to explain it will get slightly. Is it okay if I get slightly? Is it okay if I get just a little bit political? Um,
0: yeah, that's okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, so basically, uh, you know, people are set. Like, I, I think there's an implication to me that you know some people have thought about. Say, I, I know I'm going to bring it back to the collective, but it's mm-hmm. only for the purpose of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically with that i think that uh, i don't want to have I, I do not want to have right-wing values you know like people who deny climate change that's awful you know i will always i will always say climate change is real because it is for example or people who deny the rights of lgbtq plus folks or, or uh, you know uh, i yeah basically i just don't yeah i just can't fall in line with those values ever and so you know i like it's uh people seem to say you know oh maybe this should be a bit more non-political in some ways this thing but because of that expectation i subtly put in more things that are more leftist more woke if anything um in terms of like when i when i address the audience i don't just say ladies and gentlemen i say ladies gentlemen and others Because after all, that affirms all the genders, as Mm -hmm. I think people should. And uh, all that stuff, you know, like basically uh, when I say anyone's welcome, I mean, you know, anyone, anyone with disability, anyone with uh, anyone with a different sexuality, anyone with a different, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I just want to be inclusive and I'm just not sure the conservatives really uh, do that, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. that's I guess yeah. that's my opinion
1: and wow, I've interesting plenty, I've seen plenty of people be like oh we want quote-unquote freedom in terms of the COVID-19 stuff I'm thinking bullshit you know what fuck you I am not falling for that they try to put it in the manipulation of freedom it's not fucking freedom I, okay maybe I'm cursing excessively but like I I'm I'm pissed at these bastards, you know, <laughs> who who are like, oh yeah, we're gonna have the freedom. We have plenty of freedom already. You're just gonna be careful because COVID's still a thing. Ugh. Hmm.
0: Well, I I really appreciate your opinion. Um, I don't really have an opinion on politics because um, I I would not prefer to uh, disclose it here. But oh. um, yeah. But I um, I just wanted to say um yeah i i really appreciate your opinion especially when it came to what your values are and um i i just wanted to like wrap somehow wrap up this episode and and just kind of really say that it's important to be different not less that's our motto as well um Mm -hmm. and just like yeah a lot of people that are neurodiverse might be dealing with mental health issues or other issues and sometimes they might not feel resilient and that's okay because sometimes, like, I don't feel resilient all the time and, you know, sometimes I do. And it's important to kind of, for me not to be too hard on myself because sometimes I do, you know, act a bit like a perfectionist in my own head, but it's important for, like, you, you know, especially neurodivergent people and just other people that are listening to kind of use your strengths because that's something I've realised recently and it really helps me.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I, I appreciate different things help different people, certainly. Um, I, uh, I, too, am a bit of a perfectionist on myself, and I think that, you know, maybe we should have, if this makes sense, room to fail. If we're creating something, we shouldn't expect it all to be absolute gold, you know. We should have room to fail and see where we went wrong or right, or then go from there, you know.
0: Exactly. That's why um, in my professional practice, because I also work as an um, early childhood practitioner, I also have to use critical reflection. So it's like a deep reflection in the critical sense, in a problem solving sense of what went well today, what didn't, when I'm working with children and families. But I often apply those principles to other areas of my life. So that helps me really think about what's important to me, are things working, am I engaging meaning, meaning meaningfully? in the things and the activities that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just am the kind of person that isn't a time-waster. Like, I, I try not waste my time just because in the past I'm out of, especially as a teenager. <laughs> but I'm trying to be one of those um, people that are productive just because time for me is probably the most, ex- not expensive, most important element of my life because I can't make more of it. I can't get to the time shop and buy more time. I can buy more money, so I can make more money, but I can't make more time, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, not, neither of us are the Doctor. None of us have a TARDIS, I guess. Um, <laughs> it'd be nice to oh. time travel. That way we can sneak around and win the lottery.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and I do love um, Doctor Who. Well, I used to love Doctor Who. I still like the idea of a TARDIS. So I wish I really had one, because I'd love to oh, just go back in time, especially to the 1800s in London.
1: Hmm. But do keep in mind that I think there's no time like the present or even the future because like you know, we 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 have nostalgia about say 1950s America or I don't know mm-hmm. 1970s Australia but just imagine all the homophobia in there and still the racism around in those times we we tend to have like I appreciate there are great things about uh, the past certainly there were great aesthetics and all that but there were horrible things that happens that have been uh, if not entirely eliminated now then it's way decreased you know
0: exactly exactly and um I just feel like yeah like you said there's no time like the present I think the present for me is the most magical part um I'm a lot more better at being in the present and I just I do appreciate things more because I can't control the past and I can't well <laughs> Yeah, I suppose I can't control the past and I can't control the future. But what I can control is the present as much as possible. So I definitely, definitely see what you're saying.
1: Uh So, yeah, we're (laughs) now going up to the 30-minute mark. So should we end the episode here?
0: No it's definitely. Um, I'm going to do the outro today if that's okay.
1: All good. Go ahead.
0: Thank you. So, yeah, thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode about we are hashtag being resilient And we just wanted to really say we appreciate everybody that listens to our channel, that especially is listening today. And I want to end on We Are Different, Not Less. And hopefully, we will see you around on Always Angelic Aspialis. This is Susanna from Always Angelic Aspialis. And this is
1: George, aka Spike Green from usually the Funky Collective. But I've been on other podcasts as well, including this one. And I always appreciate being on other podcasts as well.
0: Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.